passing out little power cookies for everybody. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to House Party Protocol. Power up suits and welcome into another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today, we have a couple of guests. First up, it's the one and only Leland from the Aegis Brand Studios. What's happening, my guy? Hey, man, I, I just saw the ad and showed up, so, you know, it's all good. <laughs> That's right. You you saw the help wanted. No pay, though. No pay. Yeah, you know, that's about life these days. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you, bud. I appreciate you being on. And then we also have the one and only Merzane. What's happening, dude? Pretty good. Uh, sometimes, though, I worry there's another one. Dude, you, know, you worry there's be, another Merzane? There could be. Not. I don't worry for my own sanity. I worry for the sanity of everyone else at large. Yeah. Everyone has the evil twin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where Where is mine? How similar to he to me is he? How worried should we all be? Probably pretty terrified, if you ask me. At least we'll be able to hear him. It's true. <laughs> we should be able to hear him coming a mile away. So, fellas, today we have kind of a lot to talk about. And I want to go ahead and tell the suits out there that there has been a metric ton dump of stuff. <laughs> on the MCP community lately. And I know that uh, we at House Party Protocol are a little behind on discussing some of that stuff, but don't worry, we're going to get caught up. But today we're going to discuss some of the most recent things, and that is the change to a couple of criminal syndicate characters and the spirit of vengeance, as well as kind of talking a little bit more about these changes to the core rules, because I think that now that we have a little bit more information on that, it might be a little bit uh, difference of opinion here. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, we're going to dive into that stuff. And real quick, I want to say thank you, everyone, uh, for listening and enjoying this content. And I appreciate everybody's messages and kind words. I appreciate all my patrons out there. You guys are wonderful. And <coughs> the reason that I just love doing this is just all the suits and the patrons. It's just it it means the world to me and I just can't express my gratitude enough for that. So I want to go ahead and right off the rip say thank you for that. And lastly, I just got back from vacation. So if this is a little rough around the edges, don't judge me. <laughs> With that, let's jump right in and talk about these core rule changes. So on a previous episode, Merzane, you and I discussed some of the core rule changes to roster construction and crisis selection and stuff like that. And you were pretty, um, I don't know what the word is, you were pretty merzane about the uh, changes to crisis selection and stuff. But real quick, let's recap. What exactly is changing in the core rules? Do you want to go over that? Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, so it's a lot. Uh, I'll, not a whole lot as in heavy, super big changes, but it, it's going to have really big implications. Uh, they're changing 
Uh, for roster construction, they're changing a couple things. First off, they're making it to where alter egos uh, are no longer uh, restricted, restricting each other. So you could take both Peter Parkers, both Doctor Stranges in your roster. Still can't take them in the same squad, uh, but now you can start having characters with different names, same alter egos, where you couldn't before. Uh, you can now take 10 tactics cards in your roster rather than eight. So a nice expansion to our team tactics lineup. There's a change to infinity gems. They no longer take roster slots for characters. Now you sort of attach them to characters and that character will always have that gem or always not have that gem, depending on whether or not you decided to put one on there. Gotcha. And there's two changes to crisis selection. The first one, the one that we knew about before, is that when you have your three crisis, when you, when you decide which crisis you want to you want to select, secures or extracts, you now randomize them and randomly select one of them to play rather than one of them being discarded. The other new change that we know about that has been recently revealed is that currently when you win priority you select secure or extract and then you select the point total of the two revealed cards now the non-priority player gets to choose the point total from the two selected cards combining that with the randomization it's a huge change yeah that's a pretty big change right there and that's the only other changes is what we just talked about right there right there's nothing else I don't believe so. I think that is it. All right. So that is that last part about the non-priority player choosing the threat value. I think that that's really interesting because it could be kind of deflating to lose the roll off and just have a terrible crisis setup, and or and you know you throw away the one you wanted, you know, and and then your opponent gets to choose a threat value that's just gonna be amazing for them and and I, I know that you can't look at all this stuff you know in a vacuum but I do like that this change kind of makes priority still important but not not nearly as just punch you right in the face right out the gate important as it has been it keeps the other player engaged as well, which is super important with, with any sort of miniature war game, right? Like there's, it means that it's just another aspect of the game where, you know, you're interacting with the other person They're They're actively inputting and, and giving a decision, which is great. Absolutely. I, I think that anytime that you can engage the players to decision points and stuff like that and making a player have to make those decisions is a really good thing. And like you said, keeping people engaged in the process, I think is really important. What do you think, Rosane? Um, I really like, I, I think that uh, this is a change I would have asked for a long time ago. Yeah. I really like the, the opposing player getting to choose some part of the crisis selection. So both players get an opportunity to interact with it. Rather than, hey, I won priority. I basically get to set the tempo for the whole game. Exactly. Get ready. <laughs> exactly. Do you think that this change in conjunction with the crisis stuff kind of makes it a little better? 
based on you know our previous conversation, you were pretty uh, um, Merzane about <laughs> how much you didn't like that change. And uh, um, I still don't like that other change. I, st- I still don't like the random crisis. Uh, I understand why they did it. I don't know if I agree that it will work out that way. This change honestly feels like to me it, it would have probably been enough. The new one, that is, the the opponent selecting the point cost. I think that might have been enough, as well as a little bit of a retooling of some of the more egregious crises. I mean, shout-outs to Panic at... Uh, about to call it Panic at the Disco. <laughs> uh, Panic Grips the City as the number one most abusable crisis ever created. Uh, You know, retools to some of those and some keeping in mind what makes those abusable in the future so that we don't have abusable crises. Yeah. I think would have been better, but for, for now I think this will be fine. And if it's a problem, I wouldn't be put it past AMG to change it. So while I am still a little down on it, I am not, uh, I'm not, Super duper, oh no, the sky is falling down. <laughs> yeah, because you were definitely the sky is falling down a little bit there for a second. I was very close. <laughs> yeah. I was a, uh, I was not very happy with it. I'm still not particularly happy with it, but I'm I'm still gonna play the game. I love the game. It's, it's, I, I don't care. It, it doesn't matter too much how we get to models on the table, but once models on the table, the the game will be fun. Absolutely, it always is. So. Yeah, I I like this change a lot. Leland, do you feel like that this change in conjunction with the crisis selection changes is going to be a net boon to crisis protocol? So I, I definitely think it was. Like I, I actually came firmly on the other side of the camp from Merzane on this one. Um, I really liked the, the random selection of it. I thought that was something that was going to give a lot more legs to uh to roster building in general because you're not going to be able to rely on that that guaranteed drop almost so you're going to build sort of a a wider roster as far as like what your abilities can do uh, or what your characters can do so i I thought that was a really good change and then adding in the fact that uh, you know priority or uh, not priority uh threat is now chosen by the person who loses priority i i think that introduces another interesting facet of roster building and interaction between the players. Uh, and I, I think overall it's it's very good. I think it's very good for the game. I think it's going to extend the longevity of everything. Um, I think local cu- club play is going to see the biggest boom from it, though. Because uh, I can definitely see where Merzane's coming from from a competitive standpoint, uh, even if I don't necessarily fully agree with him there. Um, I think just in general, though, the, the changes uh, are solid. I think I think they needed to be done, and I think we're going to see a lot of good stuff come out of it. Nice. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point about the local club play, because I agree with you. I think that making this more accessible to kind of more a more casual and um, less like hardcore competitive, not that I don't want to have that audience support it as well, but like... I think that this change ends up ultimately making sense to people and, you know, picking a random crisis, roll off per priority, pick your random crisis, and then the person that doesn't get priority gets to choose a thing. I mean, that's kind of like how the game is in general. There's a back and forth, you know, so I think that 
that that's really an insightful way to look at it there is that that local kind of element and the smaller scale element. I really like that look at it. And I think that you bring up another good point about roster building and how when you're you're building for a roster, having access to all threat values is something that most people talk about when they talk about building a roster. And we're still going to be doing a uh, roster building series on House Party Protocol at some point here. We just got to kind of find the time, but <laughs> alas. Uh, so I think that that's an interesting way to look at it too, because now when you're building your roster, you can say, well, I want D-shaped secures. So you're going to take all the D-shaped secures, but some of those might have lower than what you might want threat value wise, right? Or, or a threat value that's suboptimal for you. And then if you win priority, you know that if you pick one of those suboptimal threat values, well, then you might have to play at that. So you've got to kind of try to either A, get better at a particular threat value, or B, kind of try to limit that or put a threat value instead of saying, I want D shaped secures, put all 17s or, you know, 18, 18, 17, or, or whatever number you're comfortable with, put that in as your roster betting. I, th I think it just, all this to say is I think it opens up some really interesting ideas with how you go about building your roster. And it's something that I'm excited to explore. Merzane, does oh, that, any absolutely. that resonate with you? Uh. I was you're you're actually describing one of my fears for roster building the uh, idea that um, so like currently when I think of crisis selections for me I think of what are things I like to play or things that I want to put opponents on that they may or may not be as good at right like Black Order on Spider Portals for example that's the one I always go to because it's the easiest in my mind. Uh, now it's going to be like you. I feel like it's going to be like you said. It's not going to be, hey, I have a variety. It's going to be, I have a specialized set of very similar crises, because I don't want the variation to send me to somewhere that may be bad for me and good for my opponent on accident. Like an example is Demons Downtown versus Black Order. How awful is that going to be if you accidentally give them? demons downtown for free and then they get to pick the point total that you play on uh i feel like that is where my big issue is and part of that is thinking about casual players that are going to events that are playing against experienced players is you're going to get that you're going to get a time where you're going to get times where people are up against people in that situation and not have any way to get out of it Whereas, like, in my in my local game store, at least, when I play against people who are newer or a little bit more casual, I always just ask them what they want to play. Like, hey, is there any crisis or points or characters or anything you want to play with or against? Because I want you to have fun because I'm going to have fun no matter what. What can I do to make your game more fun? And I think, uh, you know, that's that's a personal thing. Everyone's not going to do that, and it's not going to be required by the game. But I, I feel like that would that, that's a little bit more effective for me than any changes AMG is going to make anyway for local play, local play. Only. Sure. I'm with you on that. Le Leland is, did, how do you feel about what Merzane just said right there? And in addition about kind of what I was talking about with the, um, with the roster and how you construct the roster there. So I, I think in general, the changes are going to make us all better roster builders. 
Uh, I, th- I think mostly because AMG is kind of forcing us to think a little bit more into the depth of it. Uh, think about more possible outcomes that can happen. Um, but to go into like what Merzane is talking about, his, his concerns that, you know, we might see a more stagnant selection of rosters hit the table. I feel like we were already kind of there. I, I felt that, at least competitively speaking, there was there was a handful of uh, of crisis missions that you typically saw uh, again and again and again. It was it was very similar to like the the old days of of things like uh, Warhammer, where all you ever saw was like the meat grinder missions. Like yeah. there was nothing else. It was just you know kill your opponent and then be done with it, right? And I feel that AMG has given us this suite of different. Uh, ways to play the game, different missions, different crises. And we were kind of falling into a trap where we were just seeing the same ones regardless. So my personal feeling is, is that with this randomization, I think it gives both players a little bit more freedom to branch away from those those crisis missions that we, we've been seeing time and again and maybe start building to some other stuff because there is that knowledge that, you know, just because you lose the priority role, it doesn't mean that you're forced to play the game that the other player wants to play. You have a little bit more options on that one. You have a little bit more control over um, uh, over how you can engage with them in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I do think that some of what Merzane's saying is valid in that you could initially out the gate see a a very stagnant thing but i do agree with you like it's kind of these are the crises to play you know everybody knows kind of what to do with cubes at this point you know and i've been very hesitant in the history of house party protocol to declare that there's a meta in mcp you know and i think finally we've kind of moved towards where I feel like I can say maybe there is a bit, but I still feel like that there's not really any defined, this is the way you win Marvel Crisis Protocol. You know what I mean? So I still feel weird saying that that there, there there's this hardcore defined competitive meta, if you will, but at the same time, I I feel like that you kind of know what you're gonna going to get, and it'd be nice to be able to see something a little different, I think. I, I agree. And, and I think I do just want to kind of add that, like, we're still going to have to see how this all shakes out. I mean, I could turn out to be completely off base and, and wrong. Same could be true of Merzane, but it could also turn out that, you know, Merzane is dead on and, you know, exactly what he predicts. So I think we're just we're going to have to see how this shakes out, especially with all the content coming out. Like, we don't know what's going to be added to the game as far as additional uh, crisis missions and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, there's still a lot of variables and X factors that can play into this. Oh, absolutely. There's so much more that that is going to be discovered through all this stuff. So I'm excited to check it out. And final words on, on this topic, Leland? Uh, I, I'm excited. I, I think this is going to uh, get people thinking about how they build their roster, how they play the game, and approach that interaction a little bit more differently. Uh, I think in the end, we are going to see some really positive growth from it. Uh, and I think it's going to excite the player base just in general because I think uh, I think we're going to see some more options hit the table and we're going to see a little bit more variety. Uh, at the very least, that's that's my hope. Yeah. Uh, Merzane, what about for you? So I know that sometimes I can sound like I'm being very negative. just want to get out there. I hope that I'm wrong. I, I'm just voicing a concern for probably what I would consider the worst case scenario, right? 
Right. Uh, I trust AMG and what they're doing for the most part. I think that they have a pretty good handle, especially nowadays on what their game needs to look like or how they want it to look like anyway. Um, and like I said, I think if, if there is problems there, they'd probably be more willing to change it. Uh, I'm excited to play. I, I really want to see how it shakes out. I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that the game is better because I would rather the game be better than me be right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I just, I have worries because I like the game so much. Yeah. I, I just don't want it to have issues, you know? Um, there are currently some issues and these are meant to address them. And that's, I think that's great that they are doing some things that I wouldn't have considered a little outside the box to, to fix them. So For I'm sure. excited. I'm a little concerned, but I'm very excited to play. I got you. Yeah, no, I think that's really fair. So before we move on to our next topic, I do want to go ahead and uh, pass the question off to the suits. Let us know via messages, comments on the Facebook posts, uh, whatever you would like to uh, get in touch with us. Let us know how you feel about these changes, because I'd certainly like to, to hear from more of the community abroad about some of this stuff. Now, let's talk about the big bad leader of the criminal syndicate. He got an update yesterday, and it's one that... It's pretty simple, pretty straightforward, and I don't think it's too too crazy of a change. And uh, it's very simple. Hail to the King now has a reduction in the throw, goes from any size down to a size three or less for Hail to the King. That's the only change from Kingpin. And Leland, how do you feel about this change? I, I think it makes perfect sense. I think it's very much in line with the fact that we're starting to see more larger characters hit the uh, hit the table. Um, so I, th I think this is really just going back and cleaning things up now that we have new data to play with. Absolutely. I, I think it's really what it comes down to. Do you think this has any impact on Kingpin on the tabletop in general? Um, to be honest, I don't necessarily think it does. I... I I mean, who who are you losing out on throwing at this point? There's not a lot of size four characters and size five characters, right? Like, what is it? There's there's Modok, Hulk, and Dormammu, and Black Dwarf, the forgotten Black Dwarf, and, and Black. Oh yeah, that's right. Black Dwarf is a thing in this game. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, but I, I don't think you're really losing a lot of utility with this uh, with this ability. I don't think it's as impactful as say upping the size of a throw, like we saw with with Captain America, for instance, on right. his, uh, on a shield slam. Um, I think reducing it is basically just saying it's like, okay, well, you know, we have we have more characters at this size now. Let's just nip it in the bud and, and get it dealt with right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. What about you, Merzane? I think it's a fine change. I don't think it's going to affect his gameplay. Almost at all. Um, I think, you know, you're not really. How often is Kingpin going to be within Hail to the King Ranger Dormammu without one of them being murderized anyway? Exactly. And and definitely with throws, I think limiting the amount of things that can throw five threat care or five threat. Well, uh, five size five characters is is fine. That being a bit of a rarity is is OK. A, a size five character thrown into something is six damage. Just off the bat and that's sort of hard to plan for both balance or play wise exactly so pushes we still got some characters that can push any size i think can group group can still throw dormammu i believe i think so which 
some characters being able to do this fine. I definitely think that there should be certain tools available to displace some of the big characters, but it doesn't need to be, you know, I, I think limiting it, particularly with some of these early characters that probably weren't built with a size five in mind. Yeah. Is, is totally acceptable. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I, I, Go ahead, Lily. Well, I was just going to say, I, I think, I think Merzania hit it right on the head. I think, uh, I think pushes are a lot easier to balance in the grand scheme of the, uh, the game. Um, because you're not you're not dealing that extra spike of damage with anything with it, right? You're just moving them out. Um, whereas the throw, like that's how, how do you balance like a sudden spike of six damage? Like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I, I think um, like I, I've seen some people say, well, people shouldn't be able to throw or shouldn't be able to move the size five. So I disagree. I think you know one of the things I love about this game is how dynamic it is. It's mm-hmm. not just you know go up here, stand on a point, and roll dice at each other. There's a lot of moving yourself, moving your opponent, you're throwing the terrain. It, it's a game of movement and moving and mayhem, and it's really cool to be able to be to, to have options to do that all across the board and not introduce a mechanic where now we have a character like Dormammu who just because of his size has to be rolled dice at. Uh, I, I think that, that that would be a little... A little less interesting. I'm, I'm glad that he is not an immovable uh, juggernaut that yeah. we have to just chew through. He is something that now that they are retaining some control over, but just reining it in so it's it's not as easily accessible. It, it also makes you feel so much better when you do have the op- opportunity to throw a size four or size five, though. Yeah, like, it just <laughs> feels so good. Oh yeah, yeah. It's gonna it's gonna make those Iron Man wilds feel so spicy. Oh, with the pushes? Yeah. Yeah, because it's still infinitely tight. Yep. So I, I do think that I'm with you, both of y'all, in that the throw, limiting the throw game, I think makes perfect sense. And I do like that, like, for instance, the Shuri change, right, where she can only push, I think it's size three now. Like, that kind of stuff makes sense, you know, because a little Shuri with her panther gauntlets shouldn't be able to move a Dormammu. But... I also think that, like you said, keeping some way to interact with those massive characters other than just murderize them, as Merzane so eloquently said, I think is important for the health of the game. So, I like it. Now, the big change. One of the big changes. But the biggest of the big changes to the... Much, much, much maligned Benjamin Poindexter. So, we've had quite a few things change on his card. And first up, we have a stamina value change. Goes down from 5 to 4. Then, we have a defense value change. Goes down from 3 to 2 on his mystic defense. Then, we have a change to his throwing knife builder attack. Still range four, still strength four, still zero cost on the power. However, now it's just a flat, this character gains one power. Still defending character doesn't benefit from cover, still on a wild, they get a bleed. And then all of this, you're probably hearing this and saying, well, that all sounds like a nerf. How did what happened to Bullseye? Well, let me just go ahead and tell you his threat value also got reduced, so he is now a two threat. 
Yay! Cheers! <laughs> Explosions! Fireworks! Somebody with pom poms! Yeah. Someone out there was currently thinking, was listening to you read this, thinking, "Who was breaking bullseye and how? What was <laughs> I not getting about this character?" Exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, so bullseye is now a two threat, and it's it's quite the interesting change. And Merzane, I want to start with you on on kind of where you go with this change and and how how you feel about it because that's 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 a lot for so it's a, little it, it, it's such a good change i've always felt like looking at bullseye's card like they added something somewhere and made him a three threat instead of a two threat like he was designed as a two threat in mind and somehow things got moved around and he accidentally to three threat and now he's a two threat and they removed a couple values made his throwing knife power gain more consistent which is perfect and now he's a two threat, and I think he's a great two threat. He's got a he's got a really good role for two. I think at three threat, asking a character that doesn't have consistent power generation to be able to use all these weird superpowers and or be the guy that just pings a damage to finish someone, it was just asking too much uh, or too little of a three threat. But now he's a two threat that you have to pay attention to because he's not a big portion of the enemy team. That can now ping your character and get away for free because of his hit and run and parting shot abilities. Mm -hmm. uh, and now he can consistently do that stuff because he's not having to rely on a four die builder to gain power or getting the crap beat out of him. If, if your two ways to, to build power are four die builder and getting your, your butt kicked, you're you're in a bad spot. Now he doesn't do that. Now now he's just gonna have he's gonna have the power to do what he needs to do. Yeah, uh, I think that that's. Him having the power to do things was always kind of the problem, if you will. And for me, I like this change. I think this change is good overall for the character. And I think it's good for his affiliations, which are, I think he's affiliated Cabal, but he's definitely a criminal syndicate, right? He's affiliated he Cabal. He is both. Yeah. He is both. So, so I think that ultimately... This change benefits Criminal Syndicate more than Cabal, I think, personally. But I don't think it's a bad change for either in terms of affiliations. But I actually like kind of some of the change as it relates to out-of-affiliation things, because we'll talk about that in a minute. But I I still, though, I still don't think that this is a character that's going to see a ton of table time, though. You know, like, as I was talking about earlier, I alluded to it, I guess, is the meta discussion, right? And in terms of kind of what the meta has kind of become in Crisis Protocol, for a while it was like this Wakanda push thing. Then, you know, Black Order had had its day in the sun, and, and it's still really strong, don't get me wrong. But, like, I think now the, the idea is put as many activations on the table as possible. Like, that's that's the current kind of strategy for, for winning. And it's fine it's it's a good strategy it's a really really great strategy in a lot of ways and i think bullseye kind of further plays into that of the well if he can get one attack off do some damage and kind of stay safe well then that's going to have the value that you need from a character that's of two threat and it's another activation on the board that you can use to go score points that you can use to get that last point of damage through on somebody so 
in that regard, I think it makes a lot of sense. But I still just don't see this as a character that's going to just all of a sudden take over for the, the Lord of the Two Threats, you know? And all that to say, now, Leland, I'd like to hear what you think about this change. So I, I think the first thing I want to touch on is is what you're discussing with the idea of like, you know, is he going to become the Lord of the Two Threats? Uh, and I think that actually speaks more to the fact that we have some really good Two Threat characters at the moment. Yeah. I mean, like we're, we're all familiar with, you know, Okoye's domination on everything. Uh, it feels like Rocket just got a lot better with his new card and everything, uh, like the new um uh the the update to his card everything yeah i'm still always a big fan of toad so th- we have some really strong two threat characters out there and i do agree with you i think i think bullseye just kind of falls a little bit short uh, of hitting those same levels as the okoyes the rockets uh in the game which is it's unfortunate because i think what we have here we actually have a really good update to the card and I think we have a much more playable bullseye now. We have we have a character to, that I think is really going to come into their own in a game around turn three or so, when you've you've gotten a lot of your the enemy uh, characters down to that one two points of health of uh, mm-hmm. stamina before a daze or a KO. He's going to be able to like kind of sweep in and and finish the job in a lot of cases, uh, which I think is going to be excellent. And I think I think some savvy players might be able to build some interesting. Uh, rosters around that um, but I think would be a gamble at the same time yeah yeah I think I'm with you there and that's brings up the next question that I'm going to pose to both of y'all and I'll start with you Leland of what exactly now is Bullseye's role on the tabletop and before you answer I I understand well he's just a, a chip damage harasser is kind of like the current conversation and and like like yeah, but but what does that mean if that's what you think his role is? So I, I okay. So he, here's my here's my spicy hot take. Uh, I think he became an assassin on this one. Okay. Uh, I I think he he is absolutely the character that you know you you soften someone up the the other player forgets about them for a couple turns and then all of a sudden out of the blue at range four he comes in and just ruins someone's day. By just by causing that little bit of damage, uh, the fact that he can do it while sitting on an objective from a nice distance away as well is just kind of gravy on top of all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I think that's or I think uh, that's an move take. forward, hit and run back. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's I love that the 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 move hit and run back. Yeah, that's that's just I love that. Merzane, what about you? What do you think Bullseye's role on the tabletop has become now? I, I agree entirely with what Leland just said. Um, another thing I think, uh, I think you touched on a little bit, and we talked about it earlier with the, with the core rule changes. I think that the new crisis selection method potentially is a little bit of breath of fresh air into criminal syndicate as an affiliation. It's harder to counterpick them. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to accidentally good uh, crises into them that they want to see, or or accidentally a neutral one which. Neutral crises for criminal syndicate are good crises for criminal syndicate. Uh, Bullseye is now a legitimate threat in that affiliation and is also a two-point character, meaning that their their core build has now gone down from, what was it, 10 to 9? Yeah. Much like Wakanda used to be, and that was one of their strengths, was having a nine-point core roster. Uh I also think, you know, we talked about Okoye and Rocket. 
Rocket is a bit spicy now. I'll agree. I think we'll see some changes to Okoye too. But Bullseye is also strangely okay at killing Rocket, right? Rocket gets his free cover, which he ignores. He's only got three health, so if he can get two solid attacks on him, that's two guaranteed damage, and he can't get smacked by Rocket, because if he, cause if Rocket shoots him, he could get a parting shot and just die for a struggle. Exactly. He's actually <laughs> pretty good at hunting his fellow two-point characters down as a full-blooded assassin. Like, I'm going to go murder that person by myself kind of thing now. Mm-hmm. Where And I do think that you know, high-threat characters have to watch watch themselves when they're getting low, because Bullseye... Bullseyes might just run up and finish them. Yeah. I, I do think that the most interesting part of all of this change, so his builder, his throwing knife, getting the flat one power is really great. And I think turning on parting shot early for him is kind of going to be what makes him work. Like... Parting shot's not going to work if you spike into him, but he still has decent enough defenses on physical and energy, which physical being the most common attack type in the game. So, like, you know, if you've got a bullseye standing across from a Captain Sam who only has five threat and bullseye has two power, even if he, even if he doesn't have two power and he takes a damage and then you get to do a parting shot, onto Sam, I mean, that has value, I think, you know, so stuff like that and, and being able to use the parting shot and use the I never miss at the right times, I think is really where you're going to see Bullseye be impactful because I don't think you're going to necessarily be doing a ton of damage with throwing a knife. I mean, it, it's, you know, it is what it is. It's a four dice builder, but it's range four, which is nice, so you avoid certain Venom-like uh, things. <laughs> and, you know, I, I like that. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the range-wise, you can be pretty safe on a secure point and still be hitting things at that range four, or at least moving and then hit and run back pretty safely. So I think oh, that yeah. that's really interesting. And then another interesting thing with him is I think that this opens up more flexibility, like you said, Merzane, within Criminal Syndicate, and specifically, we know the tactics card change, right, to 10 tactics cards. I think Cruelty is a card that New Bullseye absolutely loves. So, for those of you that don't know, Cruelty is one of the few tactics cards in the game that allow you to do an attack after you've already done your two actions. So, Merzane, if you would go ahead and read Cruelty real quick, I'd appreciate it. Cool. So Cruelty is Criminal Syndicate reactive. If an allied character damages an enemy character with an attack during its activation, after the attack's resolved, the character may spend two. The attacking character immediately performs the attack called Twist the Knife, a range five, power five, or strength five, mystic attack listed on the card. The attack can only have dice added to it from crits, and it can't modify its attack or its dice during the attack. Yeah, so pretty simple. It's range five though, and it's that mystic, which I really like. And it's something that okay, so you can't use it 
if you don't do damage with like your throwing knife or whatever, right? So you've got to at least do your damage with your throwing knife. But I still think that he really likes this in that if he's just chipping away at someone and then if that attack ends up whiffing, he can still use I Never Miss to get that last point of damage through if he needs it. Because we've all been there where it's like, I just need one more. I just need I just, one. I just needed one. And and Bullseye is like now the perfect character to kind of push that damage through if you need it. So I, it's it's not a, a card that I see played a lot. Like I played Criminal Syndicate, I think, season four or five of the TTS League. I think it was season five. And I really liked that card because it allowed me to kind of push that damage on through there. And I think that a two-threat bullseye is really going to benefit from that. So, yeah. The the only change I wish bullseye had gotten, and it relates to cruelty a little bit, is I wish I Never Miss had been worded so that the attack dealt the damage and not the superpower. Right. That way you could trigger cruelty and it would interact with Cabal's leadership. Oh, man. That would be... He'd still be a three threat then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so, but I always felt like that would have been a really cool, uh, a really cool change to him. I, not complaining. Not, I, I, he looks good. He looks good. <laughs> yeah. But I always felt like that would that feels like how it should have worked, right? Yeah, I, I could see that. So we've talked about this change to Bullseye and how it relates to him in Criminal Syndicate and and somewhat in Cabal. Like I just I don't see him necessarily getting a huge benefit from being in cabal since cabal everybody's like oh that's interesting and okay fine like you can go sam spam wide and send cabal but you don't really get the benefit that you do in sam with a send cabal because it's it's just a little bit of a different game but okay flood the board with activation is great so i think he's interesting out of affiliation and leland do you have any place out of affiliation that you think Bullseye is going to shine? You know, I've tried to think about that quite a bit, and I haven't really come to anything that just kind of makes me go, wow, okay, awesome, that, that's great there. Um, I, I think I would like to maybe try him in, in humans, uh, just to kind of siphon a little bit of power off to him when needed, because he does feel a little power starved still, uh, even with that consistent power gain. Uh, so just... Now that he has that consistent one power, being able to maybe toss another power onto him through an affiliation bonus like that is is kind of nice. Um, but again, it's nothing that really makes me go, wow. Uh, the only other one I could think of is maybe give him a go in Midnight Suns. That extra little bit of uh, uh, range one place just to kind of get him into position. Maybe he's just down to range four. This gets him in. Then gets that consistent one power back. and you know That, that might be some fun to play him around in. Yeah, I am going to say I'm with you on the Midnight Suns thing. I think he's very, very interesting in Midnight Suns. That's where I kind of, out of affiliation, like to th- to throw him. And I don't want to take one from Merzane, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave one on the table for Merzane here. But <laughs> I, I also I kind of really like him in X-Force, being able to get that re-roll and then, oh, I, you know, Still messed it up, but you get the re-roll, maybe try to put the bleed on somebody, and being able to put that damage out there. I mean, X-Force's game is more or less just try to murder everybody, and then 
having him close to Cable where Cable can give him a little extra defense dice and and stuff like that, and then he can get a little parting shots off because the nice thing about parting shot, I want to go ahead and clarify on this, is he doesn't have to take damage. It's just after he's been targeted and that attack is resolved, he can do one damage to somebody and then move away short. And I think that that has a lot of value in X-Force in terms of being able to, again, push some of that damage through and get onto objectives, play a little bit of an objective game with them. So I think that that's kind of like the dark horse interesting place for him. And then being an X-Force at a two-threat out-of-affiliation character, it doesn't feel terrible. So that's that's kind of where I'm I'm at on him. So Merzane, what about you? Um obligatory uh Sam spam because now he's a two threat. Exactly. So now he can be put in the Sam spam. Right. Uh but no, I actually I've actually not thought about him outside of affiliation to be honest, because I've been looking very hard at criminal syndicate. Uh and then now he, he kind of falls into that like actually feels good in criminal syndicate. Right. So I've just, that, that's kind of where my focus has been. I just, I just think he's actually going to work in his affiliation now. And that's exciting. You could also maybe go like super wide guardians with him. He's just another two point character that is good there, especially since guardians likes to go super duper wide. Uh, he can be another two threat that on a turn, like your lovable misfits turn or the turn after you almost killed someone which isn't terribly uncommon when you have a bajillion people that are all low threat. He right. could be your cleanup guy. Yeah. Yeah, he could be the cleanup guy there. And since you didn't say the one I really thought you were going to say, I, I think Steve Steve Avengers is also very interesting for him because getting hit and run and parting shot for one power each is... Oh, that's true. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm here for it, dude. He could actually hit and run every single turn. Exactly. <laughs> and get and get I never misses. That's that that to me just is so interesting, I think. Like I, I think honestly, that is gonna be his best place. That I, I get that the the criminal syndicate thing, like I get the benefits for him in Criminal Syndicate, but like Steve Vengers with Bullseye is that is awesome, I think. So we shall see. So now let's talk about my favorite change, I guess you could say. The change I am most excited about. And that is to the one and only Johnny Blaze. Or as some people would have him be called the not everyone's favorite Ghost Rider. Because some people out there say that uh, there's another Ghost Rider guy that they would rather have but i i don't i don't subscribe to that notion so <laughs> uh yeah so ghost rider got a lot of changes here and i say a lot of changes couple of changes that are just going to be wildly impactful so first up stamina goes from 7 on his healthy side to 8 and on his injured side goes from 6 up to 7 so he is now one of the hardiest boys in the game, and I love it. Like that's that's a huge amount of stamina. He's got 15 health. That's just that's just so good. Defenses are all the same. Three, four, four. 
However, the next change is probably, I think, the most important, and it is Spirit of Vengeance is now an innate superpower, so it's always on. And the what this when I'm about to read this, understand that you as the Ghost Rider player are gonna have to upkeep with this a lot, I think. So it's Spirit of Vengeance. After an attack targeting another allied character is resolved, if it dealt damage, this character gains one power. So what that means is after any attack that dealt damage to an allied character, Ghost Rider gets a power. So if someone has rapid fire and they do one point of damage on each one, that's two power for Ghost Rider. And then if they do it again, that's two more power for Ghost Rider. If anybody double taps and and takes the you know one damage each time, that's two power for Ghost Rider. So it's going to be a lot of upkeep for the player with Ghost Rider. But one of the things that Ghost Rider had a problem with was power generation. And uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to have that problem anymore. And then the other changes are some that the community had been crying out for and finally got changed. He is immune to bleed, hex, incinerate, and poison. Because he definitely should have been immune to incinerate all along. <laughs> that's really the most important change, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely, that's the mo- most thematic important change for sure. So, I I love this. I love this change so so much. Like Ghost Rider's one of my favorite characters, and he's a character that, I've liked on the tabletop, kind of on just a surface level, but he definitely did not match up in terms of strength to some of the other five threat characters. Like, he definitely was a step below them in terms of his ability to impact a game. And Hell on Wheels being such a good superpower, that's the one where he spends three and can move long. Such a good superpower. And just never really having access to it because he had to, you know, you would try to spend your two for the flames of hell to incinerate people or you try to save your power up for a penance stare or whatever, you know. I, I think now Ghost Rider's literally going to be all over the board. He's, he's going to be all over the board, flush with power, doing all kinds of fun things, and I'm very excited for it. And Leland, I'd like to get your opinion on him real quick. Yeah, so super excited about this because I actually had a chance to run him the other day, nice. um, which was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I tried out the new card. My initial experiences with him, it's like always power starved. He has all this this great utility that he never got to take advantage of. I felt that he was always forced to babysit uh, the rest of the team if you really wanted him to be able to do his thing. Uh, that simple change to Spirit of Vengeance, getting rid of the range uh, requirement on it was massive um because like i always look at ghost rider i always want to use uh hell on wheels uh, along with that uh i can't remember the name of the card at the moment but the one where he basically drags somebody along with him yeah um highway to hell yeah. highway to hell yeah and for the first time i finally got to use that and i i, I just i yanked red skull all across the table and it was great fun um and but on top of that he was then able to also like get his uh, get his flame on, flames of hell going as well like it, it was just it was great it felt so good to be able to do all these things at no point in the game did i ever feel that uh, that ghost rider was 
was power starved anymore. At no point did I feel that he was just kind of there in a five person tax. Uh, and it was just, it, it, it was such a big change and an f- amazing feel good moment uh, for using Ghost Rider. Absolutely. Absolutely. Merzane, what, what about you? Oh, I'm super hype. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ghost Rider is one of my favorite Marvel. He's my second favorite Marvel character, second to Gambit. And uh, I'll be honest, I didn't think we'd get Ghost Rider as, as quickly as we did. I was stupid hype for him. Uh, I thought he was the best character that they had printed because I had my my fanboy glasses on. <laughs> and then I got him on the table. And just like you guys talked about, he felt power starved. I felt like his positioning to get his cool things was super awkward. Uh, he wasn't particularly tanky, but he had to be in the line of fire, but also next to friends and not be the one getting hit. Mm-hmm. So you had to do these weird games to discourage people from hitting him and encourage them to hit your friends or have like bodyguards or Luke Cage style people to make him like actually do his thing. And then even then it wasn't efficient and it wasn't good. And it just it it just didn't translate into a character that felt like it worked. He He felt like he had too much going on. And not enough self-reliant ways to get them done. Well, now that Spirit of Vengeance doesn't have any kind of uh, like requirement, like a range requirement, he can stay anywhere on the board and build his power for it. Uh, that's just great. That means that you know he's going to be flush. Uh, Wicked's judgment still requires that, but it's fine. I don't think that was the coolest part on his card. And exactly. now it's just a bonus for if if you can position him this super cool way and this thing happens, now you get the cool thing. I think that's exactly where it should have been. Um and then they just they just improved it, made him tankier, made it made him immune to incinerate, as a flaming skeleton should be. <laughs> yes. Uh <laughs> I have a I haven't gotten a chance to play him. I am a I am more excited than any other change to the game to put Ghost Rider on the table though. Uh, it, it, it just looks like he's going to feel so good to play now. Oh yeah. And and so good. He's going to, he's going to be great. And Leland, I'm glad that you got to have some experience with him already because when I read this card, I'm here like, he still kind of has that like glass cannon kind of feel in that he's got no way to manipulate his own dice. He has no defensive tech whatsoever and that's okay because now he has access to his mobility tools so that oh okay i'm going to chains of damnation someone twice and then still be able to move away long or if you do want to get him into the thick of it he can be on an objective securing an objective or have you know grabbing a hammer or something like that nearly right away and then Boom, he's able to to move across the board with, with a hell on wheels or highway to hell, whatever, and just feel really impactful. And like I think that there is so much interesting things that's gonna be done with this character now. And in terms of affiliations, he's in the Midnight Suns, he's in Defenders. So do you think either of those, Merzane, is kind of ideal for him or do you think that there's somewhere else that he's going to want to be now um i really like him in midnight suns i think that he has already got really good movement abilities before it was hard to use them because he was so power starved especially if you wanted to take uh advantage of the 
power, the movement ability bump of the night. Now he should have the power to be able to do all of it. And he's just going to be this hyper mobile, absolutely terrifying beater piece for midnight suns. The siege of darkness is going to be easier for him to use. He's going to be applying hex, potentially incinerates on multiple people. If someone gets a little too frisky and beats up on one of your guys a little too hard, he's got penance there to, to bring him back down to, to form and make him a little bit easier to chew through. Uh, I, I think that he's going to be a perfect fit there. Defenders is rough. The leader being five or six points and Ghost Rider being five, making 11 points before you've added your third affiliated character is a little rough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if Defender sees a like a street level style leader that's a little bit lower points or something, I think he's I think he'll be fine there. I think a lot of the characters because there's a lot of really good lower point characters like Valkyrie. Hawkeye, uh, the heroes for hire. I think he works really well with them. And once he gets a leader that he can actually comfortably sit under or at high point values with strange, I think he can fit. Um, outside of those two, do you want to wait? Do you want to wait on uh, out of affiliation or do you want to yeah, talk about it? Let's now? wait on out of affiliation for just a second. Okay. And, and Leland, I want to get your take on this as well. Like where do you think he's going to fit best in terms of where he's affiliated? So I, I think I agree completely with Merzane. I think right now Defenders as it is, uh, it's just way too expensive to run both him and Strange um, in a Defenders list. Uh, it, it makes it very restrictive uh, yeah. in that particular uh, instance. Uh, however, in Midnight Suns, like once again, this this is how I played him was in was in Midnight Suns, and it was just amazing like that that extra little movement from bump in the night uh the amount of times i was able to use that to position him into a uh into a flames of hell uh to get to get as much out of that beam as i possibly could uh or even just to get him into a little bit of a better position to make use of his um, of his uh, hell on wheels uh it's just really nice like it's i i think mid, i think he's right at home in midnight suns and i i think for the time being that's where you want to run him yeah i agree i, I think that Midnight Suns is strong in general, but that this is this is just great for them. This is great for them, and I think that just I don't know how to say it other than Midnight Suns is shaping up one his characters I love two it's shaping up to be a very strong affiliation I think overall and. Being able to have a, a an affiliation that can play a little taller and hold their own, I think is really interesting. And I think that that's what Midnight Suns is looking like right now. Like, depending on the situation of what you're going up against, you can say, oh, well, I'm not going to take Strange here. I'm going to take Ghost Rider at the same threat value because I know that I'm going to be fighting somebody on Demons Downtown. I'm going to be fighting someone on gamma shelters and like strange is really good don't get me wrong and and his displacement from bolts of bedevilment and all that stuff i love all that stuff but like ghost rider being able to threaten your opponent's back gamma shelter very early that has a big impact and that also leads me to think about other fun places to put him in and now we'll talk about out of affiliation and I don't know if this would work, but I damn sure want to try it, is putting him in Criminal Syndicate for the reason I just talked about. Being able to say, oh, 
that back gamma shelter that you thought was safe turn one, guess what? My guy counts as two, and he's a ghost rider, and you got to get through eight health. Good luck. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that I think that goes along. Uh, you get a lot of legs out of that, which is really kind of cool. Um, and I think Ghost Rider himself can can really benefit from it. Yeah. And Leland, for you, any other out of affiliation places that kind of stand out? Uh, well, actually, you you touched on something I was already thinking about. And that was the defensive tech uh, with uh, with Web Warriors. You can run pretty uh, wide as it is. Like you have a, a nine point core. Um, so I mean, tossing Ghost Rider in there just to get you up to fourteen uh, and get some of those re rolls. Uh, whenever you have, like, when you're sitting on objectives and all that sort of stuff, I, I think that goes a long way to making him just that much more tankier, uh, totally which I think is really it. interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think in Web Warriors, so that was it's it's an interesting thing. Back when he first came out, he was one of those characters. I was like, yeah, this guy plays Web Warriors for real. Yeah, he's gonna be great, and, and it just didn't work out that way. But like now, I'm definitely sitting here thinking, like, oh man, Ghost Rider in the Web Warriors just sounds like so much fun. And it's it's one of those things I want to do it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because uh, because the um, spirit of vengeance, like you no longer have to babysit any of these characters that are just so fast, right? Right. Like you're you're always you're always spread out with web warriors because you're running all over the place grabbing objectives. So now all of a sudden you can go and do that, and you can now actually use Ghost Rider as almost like a rapid response to oh, something yeah. on the table. If something happens that goes that goes pear shaped. Odds are you're going to have the power to do a hell on wheels to get where you're need, needing to go. And then with range three attacks, I mean, that's that's nothing to scoff at right there. So you might be able to do a hell on wheels and then still be able to double tap an, uh, an enemy character. Yep. And then you're hexing them, which is potentially hurting their ability to you know, pop off into your other characters. And then potentially incinerating people, which means that the Web Warriors attacks are that much more potent. So... I, I love that he plays into the mobility aspect of what they already do, and more so than kind of any other five threat that they have. You know, like other than other than obviously Amazing Spider-Man's kind of his own thing, but like it just the whole thing of this just excites the hell out of me. So yeah, Merzane, what about you? Out of affiliation places, <sighs> where wouldn't I take him? Is a better question. <laughs> uh, Obligatory Avengers, but in this case, it's all three. I think he has lots of synergy uh, with Steve, making yeah. all of his things cost a little bit less, just so he's even more power efficient. Like Hell on Wheels being two cost is money. Spirit of Vengeance, if he can position it, uh, all of a sudden becomes two, uh, or becomes one, excuse me. Uh, with Sam, obviously, you're bringing a whole bunch of little dudes. So. Uh, you know, you're going to be getting a lot more power. You can potentially move him with Sam's leadership if one of your guys is uh, dazed or KO'd. So like Leland was saying, he becomes kind of a rapid response force for that affiliation as well. Mm -hmm. Someone someone died, I move a little bit closer, and maybe I don't even have to Hell on Wheels at this point because I'm such a big base. Uh, and then being immune to like half the things in the game <laughs> means that he doesn't have to use that portion of the ability. If if people are getting if you're against some sort of status condition heavy squad, you can save that for your other guys. And then in uh, Hulkbusters, he's a little expensive, but if you can make him fit, he's pretty tanky, like deceptively tanky at eight stamina on the front, seven on the back. Yeah. And 
making him a little bit more tanky into, into some of the throw lineups, especially with, the, with his okay three physical, means it's just going to be really difficult to take him down. Uh, yeah. The other one I think is cool, for the same reason as Sam, is Guardians of the Galaxy. Especially now that Wing in it's really cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's going to be able to get those rerolls, uh, attack or defense. Uh, and he'll, like like we were talking about, just put him somewhere in the middle. One one flank is starting to fall. Well, he'll he'll hot swap with someone over there and go mess someone up. And then basically say, hey, you, you're hitting me or you, you better not roll crits. <laughs> right. No, I love that hot swapping. That's great. That's great. No, I love that. I love that so much. And Guardians was one that I really didn't think about. But yeah, he, the the new winging it tokens on a Ghost Rider seem so good. Like I just I think that there's there's no downside t- to having Ghost Rider on your squad more or less now, other than if someone can throw size four. Uh, well, he's size three. So if someone you know if someone can throw him, so like like that's probably the only negative. You know. Yeah. But still, the, another interesting one I just thought about is in humans because he makes a fantastic power battery. Oh my gosh, yeah, does oh, he though? Yes, does he ever? <laughs> He's expensive. That's hard. It's re- going to be really hard to fit him in. But oh my gosh, is he just going to be able to throw so much power around? Yeah, and, and that's, he's almost like a little mini A Force. Yeah, it, like Ghost Rider in and of himself is. There's a there's a, a a reality out there that exists where he doesn't activate till last, and your opponent just goes in and attacks your your person that you leave out there to be attacked, so to speak, and like you kind of just let them power up Ghost Rider, and then all of a sudden, Ghost Rider's just passing out little power cookies for everybody. <laughs> you know, I just you get a power, you get a power, everybody gets a power. Exactly, like I just I love that so much, and it's. I think that he's just opens up so many options and the mobility and the tactics cards that you're going to be able to use with him because he's going to have so much power is just, is just so great. And oh yeah, now I'm excited. I'm excited. So get him on the table. He's so much fun. Yeah. Well, so uh, we did have a question from Merzane in our uh, discord here. Yeah, yeah, if you're a patron, yeah, yeah, you can yeah, check yeah. that out. Um, it is, what am I playing for Memphis tournament coming up, uh, about a week from Saturday. And I was, well, I'm probably going to play Midnight Suns, but I was going to play Midnight Suns with new Ghost Rider, but, uh, shout out to our TO Sean. He said, unless it's like officially released, released, I can't do that. And I'm like, but we know what the front and back of the card is, man. Come on. <laughs> but you know. You got to keep it consistent, so I respect that. But dang it, Sean, come on, come on, man. <laughs> let's come get on. that writing campaign going. Yeah, let's that's it. Let's 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 have the suits out there. You know, hit up Sean and be like, "Hey, so about this, you're gonna let Will play Ghost Rider thing." <laughs> I, I will be the I will for the first time in my life be the voice of reason. Please don't message Sean asking Will to use Ghost Rider. <laughs> do not do it. But no, do it. No, totally do it. Totally do it. Yeah. If you're out, yeah, I know Sean's listening to this, so just be prepared to get some messages. <laughs> no, I uh, that I want to run Midnight Suns, but I'll probably build like I haven't really built a roster and haven't like I, I've just been kind of busy this last few weeks with 
you know, I, I went on vacation, took my son to Disney World, which was amazing, and just just been real busy, so I haven't had time for like massive tournament prep. But I'll probably be running Web Warriors with uh, some amazing Spider-Man fun and whatnot. So I know you're bringing Sam, right? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> so so this is this is this is a little a little peek behind the curtains of my roster building for this. Uh, Sean was talk. I was talking to Sean a little bit. He's just he he very casually was like, "Hey, you know, most of our meta is a little bit newer, a little bit more casual. Oh, yeah. Just so you know, so you don't have to like go hard." Which basically sounded to me like, "Please, for the love of God, don't come and like <laughs> do do what you do <laughs> and play something bonkers." <laughs> so I have some moral conflicts about what I want to play. Um, Sam is likely because I like them and I feel like I can make a fun game and still do fine with yeah. people. Cause like you can, you can play Sam and it'd be fun for people. Oh, absolutely. I poo poo on the people that think Sam isn't fun. Poo poo. He's good. He's good. Good MCP. Um, but if the rules are ready, um, I have no idea, but it's going to be insert target ghost rider somewhere. <laughs> uh, right. I would love to play midnight suns, but I, there's a, less than 5% chance I will have a completed Blade and Moon Knight to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's the reason why I'm probably likely to play Web Warriors. One, because I love the Web Warriors, as everybody knows. But two, I can confidently get Moon Knight built and put into my Web Warriors roster easier than I'm going to be able to deal with Blade. So, there's that. Yeah. Like, it's just... I don't think I'm going to be able to get to my local... I may be able to get to my local game store. I may just happen to have the money to pick him up at the time because I've got some other stuff going on. Grab him. Get to, to Memphis. Have time to put them both together. They won't be painted. Most of my <laughs> stuff won't be painted, to be completely yeah. honest. And then be able to play him in the event. Um, I will say if the rules drop, I'll be much more inclined to to go out of my way to do it. Yeah. Because uh, I want... I, Whatever I play, if the rules are out, it's Ghost Rider is is there. Oh yeah. How do you how do you think they're gonna go about this? Do you, do you think they're just gonna do like a post and say here's the rules? They're on the website kind of thing. Um, I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> a big PDF would be a good way to do it. Um, yeah. I know that the way that Privateer Press handled their cards, and I say this only because. You know, Pagani and Chick came from a bunch of them came from right. Privateer Press, but I don't think that they've followed a lot of the same footsteps. But a way that they did it was they have a card database, and you can basically sort by whatever, and you choose what you want. Right. You can just like check mark what you want, what what models, and it will make you a PDF with printable versions of all the cards. Uh, it just generates one for you. So that would be a cool feature to have for the at least the card portion so that you can print off what you want and not just get an entire sheet and have to edit it yourself. Yeah. But who knows how they're going to roll it out. I I'm excited to see it. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Same. I uh I'm really interested to see what they do with this. Leland, do you have any thoughts on what you you could expect them to do here? I'm not a lot. Like I I think uh, I think they're just going to try and do the the path of least resistance. Uh, with it all, just try and make it as easy as possible, hopefully. Because um, I think this is also kind of a way of bypassing some of the more problematic aspects that have been brought on by by the pandemic and everything like that. So I think we're, I think we're hopefully just going to see a, a nice, simple uh, splash release 
uh, of, of these things and just kind of go from there. Yeah. I think that's, so. that's definitely uh, accurate as it were. So yeah, I'm excited. And in terms of the tournament, I'm very, very excited for that. I know um, there's multiple people coming from out of town. So I'm really, really glad for that. I know Nate's coming all the way from Nashville. You, you're bringing your brood with you, uh, Merzane. So, so that'll be fun. And, um, yeah, I'm very, very excited for this tournament. It's going to be on, let me go ahead and do the little uh, promotion here, November the 13th, November 13th, Saturday. Uh, you can check the link in the description of this podcast. There will be a link to the event page. And this is one where you can show up and play. We have enough room for, I think, 32, I think is what we have room for, something like that. We have a ton of room. Uh, for everyone to play, you can show up and uh, play. It's fifteen bucks for the tournament, and that's pri- you know you get prizes and all that stuff. And um, if you don't want to, if you don't want to just show up and and run the risk of not having a spot, which I doubt you have to, you can uh, go on to the War Room Hobbies website and uh, prepay fifteen bucks, and you'll get sent the link for the Longshanks event and all that stuff. It's just a it's a store policy they have uh, about the prepaying thing, but you don't have to prepay to come and play. But once you get there, you'll you'll have to, you know, like I said, fifteen bucks. But it's no big deal, and it should be a really fun, really great event. And I'm really excited to uh, to participate in that. So make sure to check that out. And if you're within driving distance or even flying distance, come on down. We'll have some fun. It'll be good. So with that, uh, fellas, I think we're going to put a bow on this one. And Leland, where can people find you? So uh, if they want to seek me out, I'm all over the interwebs. uh, But uh, Aegis Brand Studios on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Discord, pretty much anything that's social media, that's how you can find me. Nice. And uh, Merzane, where can people find you? Where can't they find me? I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I am on like all the discords just about. Well, most of the free ones i'm not on all the patreon ones um i do a podcast with my friend kenny who is also coming into memphis called advanced r&d where we do dumb stuff and and build lists with people uh there's a little a little bit of torture involved with that but you can find that out when you listen um and i also help run the online tts leagues as part of the dark illuminati if you have any questions about that feel free to reach out to me i'm merzane everywhere uh and i can help you get started answer any questions or anything like that um i think that's it i come on here every now and then talk to you you do you do and it's much appreciated oh yeah i love it it's so fun yeah so uh yeah and suits if you want to find us on Facebook you can send us messages housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com send us messages via Facebook and if you want to check out our Patreon you can check that us patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol and we will uh, you know it's a dollar a month so 12 bucks a year to come and support what we do here you, you get uh, access to our discord where I know these two can attest it's a pretty chill time we have we joke around we chit chat and and everybody's real chill, and and it's a it's a really nice little environment. I I really I, I think that we've got over there, so I really like that. And um, if you go at our Mark Five tier, which is five bucks a month, you get extra bonus entries into our giveaways, which we will be doing another giveaway in the not too far off future. Uh, so be sure to keep it locked right here to House Party Protocol for that. And uh, yeah, 
Also, if uh, you want to check out my Twitch, you can check that out. It's twitch.tv slash DarthBalls05, and that's balls with a Z because, you know, high school me thought that was edgy and cool. <laughs> so come and check that out whenever I'm uh, streaming some uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol stuff. would love to see you there. And with that, party on, Leland. Party on, Will. Party on, Merzane. Party on. And power down suits. <laughs>